Hello, everybody, and welcome to Synchronous, a video game zeitgeist show. My name is AJ. My name is Kim. And today we are once again talking about games we have played this year, games that have come out this year uh, in Synchronous. That's 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 the title change. That's what it means. Get it? Um, nice. <laughs> and like we said last week, every week we're going to have a new guest or two on the show to talk about some games. And this week we are so excited to have with us Stephen from Into the Aether. Stephen, how's it going? Hi, thank you for having me. I'm flattered to be here. And a scout of uh, asynchronous fame and also of <laughs> being good at art fame. Hello, thank you. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Yes. Thanks uh, so much for joining us, you guys. Yeah, really excited to have you here. I'm very excited. I'm really happy. It was it was very validating and reassuring to be invited because I feel like ever since you started <laughs> covering Mass Effect, I've become the async reply guy. So I'm very <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad that that it wasn't like an unsaid thing like maybe don't invite steven back <laughs> no it's good i love it i every every uh after every episode it's like hey i'm just listening to this now but hey not to tell you what to do but if you talk to grunt three more times <laughs> yeah. he gives you a model ship no it's really reassuring because you're like you're, you're always like oh i love what you thought about x you know it's great it's okay great good i'm glad i'm glad it's yeah I'm glad you're it's the best draining. kind of reply guy wow yes. yeah. okay we cool a, there is a positive kind of reply guy and can we yes. say, can we rebrand Reply Guy as adoring fan to put a little bit of an Elder Scrolls spin on it? Sure, that. we could do that. Yeah. Absolutely. I was going to say send friend. Oh, um, that's really that's good, too. Good. <laughs> that's really good. I was thinking like conversational scholar. Oh, Ooh, wow. That's, I like, I like the status there. That's definitely, yeah. yeah. Sophisticated. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we got a lot of games to talk about today, uh, the main one being Triangle Strategy, which we will get to at the later half of this episode. But spoilers. Spoilers, sorry, yes. <laughs> uh, before <laughs> we get into those games, we have an update from Kim. Uh, mm -hmm. And if you haven't listened to the last half of the episode before this... Sorry. We're, <laughs> we're turning the bullshit into horseshit. Kim, do you want to tell us what that I'm means? I'm thrilled to know what this means. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so for those who haven't listened to the last episode, <laughs> the last half, I listened to the first half. Yes, yes. Just going to keep calling you out. Yeah. Um, some, some reply guy. I am. I listened to the whole episode. That is reply Fake guy. Fan. That is very reply That's guy. That's true. I, I listened though. to half of yeah. what you said and I'm replying already. Yeah. yeah. So maybe. Right. <laughs> to get in those dms yes yes yeah i gotta get him yeah <laughs> um so i have been playing horse tales emerald valley ranch oh my god uh, yes widely anticipated to be at least hoped to be the pinnacle of horse games mm. and so far i'm having a great time with it so yeah the horse shit is supposed to be just like i'm just gonna give an update every week on how my experience and how in horse tales emerald valley ranch is going mm -hmm. um this week i i didn't play that much more of it but i um i did some more exploration i learned how to clean my horse which is a really great start oh my God. um and yeah i think i said last week that uh horse tales is it's like clearly a lower budget like indie game experience right. but that they seem to be allocating resources really well where like it's the things that they're that they really seem to care about, like how the world looks and how it feels to ride the horse and mm -hmm. like all of that stuff. They spent a lot of time and care on. Mm -hmm. And so that 
part of the experience is really great and it makes the sort of like lower budget aspects of it uh feel like okay i don't really care about that as much um that's still holding true i know they also just patched it so i'm excited (sighs) to kind of see if that improves the experience at Mm. all so yeah i'm having a really great time Mm. um but since i didn't have that much to say about it this week i thought i would waste more of our time um (laughs) by having a more traditional bullshit like horse shit um and since we do have Stephen, the number one Mass Effect appreciator and wow. uh, scholar, thank you on the show today. I want to talk about which Mass Effect uh, oh, my <laughs> squad mates are horse girls. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm using horse girls as a gender neutral term. Perfect. Sure. Anyone yeah. can be a horse girl Anybody if they believe can be in themselves. A horse girl, it's true. I Absolutely. agree. With Anyone can be a horse girl. My God, Ferdinand from Ma- from uh, Fire Emblem. He is a horse girl. Horse Ferdinand girl. from Mass Effect, also a horse girl. <laughs> Yeah, oh like, man i don't even want to know what ferdinand something like about ferdinand belongs in space like suddenly i need to see <laughs> a sci-fi ferdinand he would fit in like a space opera yeah 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 so let's just get into it um i'm gonna start with the not horse girls okay so first we have rex not a horse girl no horses aren't violent enough for him mm. <laughs> rhino rhino girl i don't think oh. he would like a ranch setting in general like i think he would be kind of restless mm-hmm. in like a rural yeah. place especially with yeah. like i don't know just something about like the that setup i, I don't think he would vibe with it. i think he's a city guy he needs to be like amongst yeah. people and amongst the community yeah someone would ask him to reshoe a horse and would hand him like the tiny whatever chisel and, and hammer and he'd be like these things are too small i think it, yeah fun. if you left rex alone at a farm he would free all the animals and get yeah. wasted inside <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes yes that's right a hundred percent they should be free he's not a horse girl not a horse girl um another not horse girl morden <laughs> i think he would he would like study the horses for mm-hmm. a little bit and then once he kind of like got it he'd be like all right i'm i don't care anymore mm. i think morden would get really weird about the breeding oh no you're oh, right oh no which is a you're part right. of emerald valley ranch yeah, just to, just yeah, so you guys know you can't do this to me and, and call me out specifically <laughs> because the thing in like animal sims for me is like what will the little babies look like <laughs> I, Scout, I am so with you and i haven't gotten to like the horse breeding part really yet oh. of emerald valley ranch but they do um as i mentioned last week when you get to a certain part of the game you get like a little mailbox and the first like five letters in your mailbox are people saying hey i have a stud for your mare if you're oh, looking for man. some oh, genetic my, diversity oh my god and it's really weird Whoa. Um, but yeah i feel like morden would kind of be a genetic diversity definitely i want to add a quick note to what i said about rex if you don't mind because i think uh, sure, what please. i'm really thrilled to discover in this section is like a, a clear definition of horse girl because i think i have a pretty good oh. idea but i feel like i'm like 80 percent there and i feel like by the end i will know like whether <laughs> i'm one or not like i feel like it's like a oh moment of self-discovery yeah too but okay. i think when i said rex sets them all free i would say at this point in my journey i don't think being a horse girl or not is relative to whether or not you set the animals free however Mm. escaping Mm -hmm. with them is if rex ran away with the horses i think he would be a horse girl but i think you're right i think you're right yeah thank you for this Uh, this is very important clarification i didn't want to establish (laughs) captivity as a horse girl metric you know what i mean that's kind of (laughs) big fans of captivity (laughs) (laughs) yeah you can be a horse girl and set the horses free Mm -hmm. but you're you're right it's it's about the friendship it's Mm -hmm. about the bond Mm -hmm. with the horse and actually this this next one will be very demonic 
demonstrative, I think, because our next non-horse girl is Miranda. But I have in parentheses here, equestrian. I think Miranda rides horses. She plays polo on horses. Dressage. Yeah, she does just dressage. Show jumping. Mm -hmm. She does all that shit, but she's not a horse girl. She Mm -hmm. didn't care about the horse. They were just in the background. Like her her space mansion had horses on it. Oh, yeah, they just... They yeah. just run around. Yeah. She'll take care of the horse like a car, not like an animal. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like that's a good demonstration of the distinction between horse girl and non-horse Definitely. girl. Um, another non-horse girl, Jacob. Um, I yeah. don't know why, but I feel like Jacob's afraid of horses. Oh. <laughs> I just don't see Jacob as a man of passion in any way, really. That is such a good description. Maybe yeah. it's the script and not the character, but I... <laughs> I have played Mass Effect as a trilogy at least three times Mm -hmm. all the way through. And I don't know if I could give you like more than three adjectives about Jacob, (laughs) like as as a personality. Like he's nice and he's handsome. And that's like all I got, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I do like the idea that he's afraid of horses. That's more more to his story than we got. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. It gives him some sort of personality trait. Yes. Yeah. Also on this list, both Samara and Morinth, I just don't think they care. No, no I agree. Morinth especially. Yeah. And finally, not a horse girl, Fane, but I have in parentheses, <laughs> appreciates from afar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think he's like, these are beautiful and majestic animals. I don't, I don't know why. But <laughs> have I broken you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hearing I don't think Thane is a horse girl just reminded me what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a moment Welcome of reality asynchronous. Yeah. <laughs> For real. This is I spent so much time with No, I this. love it. I love it. It's, it's really funny. funny. It's really I haven't funny. felt this alive since we ranked the cats of Animal Crossing um, <laughs> to most Yeah. I think yeah. that may have also been my question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, I think it was. So you you even when I've been the one doing it, it was your bullshit. Yeah. Accepted <laughs> bullshit on the strings. The, 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 the sauce from behind the throne, you know. I'm <laughs> just spread chaos wherever i go yeah so let's move on to the horse girls yes um and some of these i think are, are sort of self-explanatory so we can rattle through them a little quick tolly i think she's a horse girl yeah I agree. I, and i'm i'm drawing from her her relationship with her battle drone because i feel oh. like she just she has a she she has a bond you know yeah yeah um she projects a relationship onto like synthetic like yes. even like the ship i feel like she has like a tenderness and care for mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. i feel like if the thing is actually like reciprocating any kind of affection she'll be all about it so yeah, yeah i think yeah. she's a horse girl for sure uh kasumi horse girl i think maybe a reluctant horse girl but I, I can see it. I think this is another case where Kasumi would free the horses and run with them, you know, yeah. whereas yes. like Tali yes. is a yes. horse girl that like, you know, takes care of them and it's like a nurturing relationship. I think mm-hmm. Kasumi wants to be a horse. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. like, yes. Kasumi that's, was that's the that's one cool. on the school playground, like role playing horses. Galloping. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> wow. Caden, uh, absolutely a horse girl. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. think. I can just see him. I know there's like, I think the lore is that like his family owns like, I don't know if it's like farmland or maybe it is ranch land or something in British Columbia. And Mm. like, I could just see him riding horses out there. Liara, another horse girl. I think oh, uh, yeah. also also a little reluctant, like a little bit scared because she's never seen a horse before. Mm. Um, but then when she's uh, 
when she gets to know it, she's like, this is the best. She starts Shadow Broker allocating uh, resources to like planets that have equestrian programs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Ashley, definitely a horse girl, yeah. but I have in parentheses Hallmark movie. Yes. <laughs> Big thumbs up. Yep. I don't even I don't even think I could tell you what that means, but um, no, I, somehow, I understand yeah. it perfectly. Yeah. 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 It makes sense. <laughs> Garrus, another reluctant horse girl. I think he's he's a little bit like he meets the horse and he's like, I don't know if I like this thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I trust it. And then forms like a very strong bond with one horse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you get out of a jam with Garrus, you're friends for life, basically. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. right. so I feel like a close call on a horse. That's it. Like that's yeah. that's his lucky mm -hmm. horse. I, yeah. I don't think Garrus realizes his affection for the horse until like his dad is like, all right, well, we're going to sell this horse. And he's like, what? <laughs> no, <laughs> That's my friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then he rides it mm -hmm. uh, in a competition to save the ranch. Yes, um, yes, 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 yes. Uh, next up, Grunt. He's freeing the horses and running with them as well. Mm. Yeah, I think Grunt respects horses more than humanity, honestly, just in terms <laughs> of strength yeah. and speed and, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Zaid. Ever since I found out Zaid... <laughs> had a dog companion mm. or almost oh, did oh yeah i feel like i could see him forming a bond with a horse yeah but it's got to be like like a big like a war horse basically mm -hmm. yeah yeah oh man next up i have jack and in parentheses caitlin's way i don't know if anyone remembers this show i, I don't know what that is i don't yeah. know what that caitlin's is caitlin's way was a nickelodeon show about like a young troubled girl who went to live on a ranch with like her i forget if it was like her aunt or something or if it was just like a i don't know foster family situation but it's it's one of those like troubled kid meets a horse and like i don't know becomes not yeah. as troubled um oh, and i wow. can totally see that for jack i found the premise on wikipedia was just gonna kind of blow through it really can you quick. read it yeah a troubled girl who lives in the streets of Philadelphia. After being arrested, Caitlin is given the option of going to a youth detention center or moving in with her mother, Catherine's cousin, in Montana during her meet with a judge. Uh, she chooses to move to Montana. Caitlin, still distraught about her mother, Catherine's unexpected death when Caitlin was eight, seeks a loving family and permanent home. The ranch was uh, actually in Canada. Okay. Uh, yeah. And so she makes friends with a horse. Wow. Mm -hmm. This is spoilers. What? That's Jack. <laughs> Three seasons, fifty-two <laughs> episodes. Wow, it's mm -hmm. a long show. That's a, it's a long show. Yes, uh, yeah. I love, I love that Jack energy. She, she, yeah, she, she comes out of the. Oh God, I don't remember the name of the lab or whatever. <laughs> it's like you can join the oh, Normandy yeah. or you can go to Montana. <laughs> Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, uh, what's it called? Purgatory is the prison Purgatory, she gets out yes. of. And finally, in the horse girl list, I have Legion in parentheses, no data available. Nice. <laughs> nice. I don't think Legion knows why they like horses, sure. but they do. Legion yeah. just needs to. My only, my only like knowledge of Legion comes from Chase's asynchronous bit about them and yes. i still would die for them yeah legion's great they're great yeah, yeah, yeah. Legion rules really good <sighs> wow honestly i feel like i have a clearer idea of of what horse girl means um <laughs> it's it's a goal more than it than anything else <laughs> and i think uh i think that uh this is a very accurate read of yeah. the crew of the normandy it is a state yeah. of Fantastic. it is a state of being it is a, a state, state of, of connection being. with yeah. another creature 
that is beautiful mm-hmm. and majestic. I hope we we move past Paragon and Renegade and embrace Horse Girl. And what what, what would the opposite of Horse Girl be? Oh, what's yeah. the opposite? Uh, like car person? Shuby? Maybe Shuby? Shuby. <laughs> Oh my god, they either love horses or they love the beach. Do you oh wear god. sandals on the beach or do you love horses? Yeah, exactly. Or mean, socks and sandals, sorry. It's a really oh good spectrum, god. honestly. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Shuby Can, Shepherd. Shuby Shepherd. Wow. Really good. Really, really good. Thank you. Uh, Kim, thanks for the horseshit. I'm really, uh, really Thank happy you. about that, that, was great. that update. And actually, th- this is a perfect transition <laughs> into uh, a little update of a game that uh, David brought up last week called Chorus. Because, hey, Chorus is about flying ships. You play as uh, a lady named Nara, um, who loves to fly ships. She's great at it, and she also has psychic powers. I just got to a point in chorus where you uh, leave behind the ship that you start the game with, which David described as uh, basically a Toyota Camry. Uh, and then you go and pick up your your ship that is fully AI functional that you have this like bond with. Uh, and so I would say, yes, Nara is a horse girl, actually. And chorus is a game about uh, a horse. Yeah, girl. sounds um, like a horse girl. Chorus is, is really interesting. So so David, you know, gave the pitch last week, but it's basically just like Nara was in a cult and then she destroyed a planet and then is having like really she's feeling really bad about it so she joins the opposite side and and tries to basically fix her her mistakes but the the whole game is set inside the spaceship uh and the flying is fun the shooting is fun the story is fine and the the writing is like really garbage at sometimes but it's like i'm having such a fun time just like flying around space and it's like set in like this open world so you're you're flying around like a whole star system it's like they took the galaxy map from mass effect 2 uh, and then zoomed in on it. And it's like, that's where that's what you're playing is oh, as cool. like the little nice. Normandy flying around. Um, it's so much fun. And the movement is great. Uh, when you get your your AI ship back, uh, its name is Forsaken and you call it Forsa. You get the ability to drift and then it immediately like throws you into like a cave that you have to drift out of for like five full minutes. <laughs> it's oh like God. it really does teach you how to drift, which is nice. And it's uh, it, it was a fun time. So that, that's really all I have to say about Chorus. David, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, it was a wonderful time. Another game that I've been playing uh, this week that I've gotten back into uh, after starting it. I don't know, May, I guess. Um, and then putting it down for a couple months is Tunic. I've got oh, back yeah. into Tunic and I'm having such, such a great time. Steven, I know you've played Tunic. Kim, you've played a bit of Tunic, right? Mm-hmm. I got up to the librarian, I think is sure. the boss that that I got stuck on. Yeah. I need to just go turn on no fail mode and just mm. like blast through the end of it because I do want to see the end of that game at some point. Yeah. Um, but it just got a little hard. Yeah. Steven, have you finished it? I have not finished it, but okay. I'm I'm pretty close to the end. I imagine it's not it's like a 10 hour game from what I know. OK, what I will say that I've really enjoyed about it is uh, I feel like it's not what it appears to be in the best mm. way possible. Like, I think mm-hmm. it, it looks like another, like we're inspired by top down Zelda and the yes. souls like mechanics, mm-hmm. which like it very much is, but I think the game's strength is the element of discovery and essentially like, yeah, the, the biggest thing is like you are, you're given the basic controls, but you're not really told what you can or can't do. And as you explore this world with like beautiful soundtrack and, and presentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel like I don't mind getting lost when the music rules. That's like my yeah. rule, I feel. Um, <laughs> but uh, 
basically as you explore you find these little pieces of like an old school instruction manual and those pages will sometimes reveal mechanics that have always existed but mm-hmm. you had no idea were there yeah. and that is thrilling that stuff like, is yeah. wild it reminds me a lot of super metroid which we talked about somewhat recently on into the aether mm-hmm. there are these animals you meet throughout the game that essentially will show samus like secret mechanics that you also could always do but maybe didn't know you could do oh cool. and then all of a sudden like it's like the game is arming you with knowledge as opposed to simply like keys for locks. Right. Which I think it's a really powerful mm-hmm. thing for a game to do. So also I played Tunic like right after finishing Elden Ring, which was weirdly <laughs> perfect because they're oddly similar games. They are, yeah. But Tunic is so pleasant that I was like, oh, yes. Like, thank God. <laughs> this is so relaxing. But yeah, Tunic's yeah. awesome. I, I've had a great time with it so far. Yeah. I think that comparison to Elden Ring is really apt, honestly, um, because yeah. Elden Ring also has a really great sense of discovery. But I think the way that these games handle it differently, the discovery in Elden Ring is like kind of Death Stranding E, where you like crest a hill and then <laughs> you s- that was a good comparison. I just love I love that as an adjective. Yeah, uh, and you see, you know, you you crest a hill and then you see what is in front of you, whether it's like a blighted landscape or you know just like a, a glowing you know giant glowing tree with a city at the bottom, whatever. Um, and that stuff is always like thrilling and amazing. But in Tunic, it's the senses of discovery are like like you said you know discovering things you could do the whole time that you don't realize until you literally pick up a page of a manual that you can flip through which i think is an incredible mechanic it i hope rules- they sell i hope they like print copies of that that you oh can buy God. i would love yeah. to have them. Yeah, yeah i love that i i am a huge fan of like physical manuals um i think like metal gear solid 3 has like a really really great manual that like there are whole things that you can do in the close quarters combat that the game does not tutorialize it does not tell you how to do it but if you look in the manual it's like oh yeah if you hit this button after you do this then you can like you know suplex a guy or whatever and it's like oh this mechanic is just (laughs) in the game i have found that a lot of older games and metal gear solid is Mm -hmm. is like not a retro game but but like looking back at retro games like the retro Mm -hmm. zeldas and the like original mario games and everything Mm -hmm. that was the thing the thing was there's no tutorial and you all of the information is in the manual yeah. 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 And even some expected you to take notes. Like there would be yes. in the in the back of the manual <laughs> yeah. there would be pages for notes, which like yes. I feel like we've come a long way in terms of teaching the player organically. Mm-hmm. But I think Tunic shows the power of like keeping some information hidden like yes not in a way that's frustrating but in a way that's like oh my god like this yeah. feels like revelatory it feels like i discovered something mm-hmm. yeah. kind of intrinsically yeah and and it, it really utilizes the camera angle that you're like stuck at we're not stuck at it, it does rotate but like you're always looking at everything kind of at like this isometric like diagonally you know looking yeah. down view which purposely obscures pathways and so like there are instances I just had one the other day and this was actually part of the reason I stopped playing a couple months ago is like I just couldn't find the way forward and it just turned out like I missed a staircase that was my bad um, <laughs> but then like I went through this whole thing and like I went up a staircase went down a staircase you know fought a whole bunch of guys whatever found a you know f- bonfire whatever you want to call it a shrine whatever um, and then went up another staircase and then it brought me out directly at the beginning of where <laughs> this area starts and I was like and it was just like next to a box and the box was in such a way that you couldn't see the path way that led you directly to the end of this entire like you know mm-hmm. circuitous route and i was like my entire head blew up and it that is like the the dozenth time that has happened in this game where it's like you go through this entire thing that takes you like 15 20 minutes maybe a couple of tries you know it's not it's a, it's a hard game uh but i would say for most 
most of the time it's it's pretty forgiving um i would say the bosses the the difficulty jump in bosses i think sometimes is like wild yeah that's honestly i don't think it benefits from the difficulty in the way that souls games do i think that's like the Mm -hmm. one big miss and thankfully there are options to turn it off but like i think there's enough of an obstacle with getting around that like Mm -hmm. adding like tough bosses doesn't really like I, i don't feel that euphoria i do after like an Elden Ring, I almost said Elder Scrolls, an Elden Ring <laughs> boss. Yeah. So, but yeah, otherwise, like, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Scout, bringing up the idea of retro games and manuals and stuff, like, it's obviously trying to evoke that with the manual, but I would say the game in general is is very, very good at handling this idea of discovery and, and Absolutely. like, rewarding you for just, like, poking around and stuff. Like, there, when you get bombs in the beginning, like, the, the description of the bombs is like, don't be afraid to use these, use these. And then when you use them enough, they give you just two extra bombs. Mm-hmm. Like, nice. Just it just to reward you for doing a thing and like bombs are like a consumable item that you have to pick up so you know as many people are as i am and i'm like well i'm afraid to use this until i really need it but mm-hmm. tunic is like no no use these use these and you'll be good and then it permanently gives you two to use like whenever every time you restart or whatever that's really fun great yeah. game great time i haven't gotten the chance to play it yet but just from the description of it it feels like it is giving you the same kind of joy that like playing Breath of the Wild for the first time did for mm-hmm, me mm-hmm. of of just being able to poke around and things happen and you're mm-hmm. like, whoa, wait, I can do that? Like the first time I discovered that I could hide under a barrel in Breath of the Wild was I think my second <laughs> or third playthrough. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you can be under the barrel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think Tonic really shows the power of assumption. And it's like, OK, yeah. if, if a level is displayed a certain way and if you're walking around with the sword, you know, like, what do we assume we can do or what we can't do? Mm-hmm. And even just like really early, this is not a spoiler, but like one of the first like NPCs you find is this giant skull with two creepy hands. Yeah, it's also uh. worth noting that there's no language like all the dialogue and signs are a made-up language mm. every now and then there'll be like one keyword like you know like i think one of the first big doors you see just says closed forever so like, yeah. okay point taken uh, <laughs> yeah I, I get it. but uh, the the big skull like mm. you walk up to it and you're like oh shit where am i and then all of a sudden you see three items with the number beneath them you're like yeah. oh okay this is this somehow is the this yeah. is the merchant yeah <laughs> uh so stuff like that i really love i love that guy so much oh, shout out great. to the skull merchant oh to be be a giant skull with hands that just wants to sell my little wares <laughs> yeah um, same yeah um yeah it's it's awesome yeah and i mean we also didn't uh note we noted this before we started recording but uh worth noting on the show you're also a very cute little guy yes. you're a little guy yes. and it's really important it's little really fox. important yeah very it's, cute not enough people are talking about this not enough <laughs> people are talking about how it's a little guy simulator mm-hmm. <laughs> and i do just want to say i'm playing it on game pass kim and steven i don't know where you're playing it i was playing it on game pass mm-hmm. and i this conversation made me realize why i fell off of it which is that i was in the midst of moving and i had to pack my oh. <laughs> that'll do it yeah but uh I, now i really want to pick it up again yeah so yeah i might get it again on switch because i feel like this would benefit from being handheld in a way yeah. like, mm-hmm. I, I think uh especially the top-down zelda of it all it's always feel like having a handheld for that would be cool yeah it's also so like even though it's difficult it's so chill and the music is. is so like kind of ambient and 
and the and music is so good. Also, also not what you expect. Like you see the cover and you think it's going to be kind of like a bombastic fantasy score, and it's mm-hmm. like lo-fi, like yes, ocean waves <laughs> energy. You know, oh, really that's good. great. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, it's beautiful. Yeah. One speaking of the beauty, just one final thing I want to point out is the direction, Please. the direction and like cinematography, I guess, of this game is like absolutely incredible. There's there is a point where, you know, you're looking at everything. And it's, you know, basically is the same angle the whole time, every time you're doing something. But there is one area that you get to and it's like a wastelands kind of thing. And you're like outside of the main area of the map that you've been to. And the camera zooms out and like kind of changes angles a bit. And your your little guy goes goes from being a little guy to like minuscule like so tiny and it just gives you such this sense of of scale of this place um and the game is is always doing stuff like that with the camera which i just think is really really mm-hmm. really awesome and the whole the whole game feels very considered down oh, to yeah. down to item usage like i said with the bombs earlier like it's just all it's such a, a, an amazingly crafted game um and i'm really excited to finish it yeah me too you've inspired yeah. me to go back <laughs> me too <laughs> Scout, what have you been playing? I have been playing uh, a couple of things. I have been playing Wilder Miss for the first time. Uh, mm. it's, a, it's a couple of years old at this point, I think, or one year old. I'm not sure. But I discovered yeah, I that it was available on Mac. And mm. even though I tend to like to play things on my Switch It was on Mac and I was like, okay, yeah, let's go. Let's do it. (laughs) The concept of Wilder Myth is sort of D&D-esque and like JRPG kind of inspired and probably also Western RPG inspired. But the idea is you have a party of randomly generated characters Mm-hmm. That you can customize, but you can also just press the random button. And that's always really fun to see like the stuff that, that it does because it randomizes not only the way they look, but all of their personality traits. <laughs> and you go on like adventures, just like very high fantasy, fun, generic, but in, you know, a comforting way kind of uh, adventures mm-hmm. and random like events will trigger and in the middle of you doing your whole saving the world thing, like all kinds of, of funky things can happen. Like you can (laughs) get an event where you put your, one of your guys puts their hand in a fountain and gets like lightning powers because of it. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. My my favorite one. So I, I had a character that, that I generated from the first, time I played. Another nice fun thing about this is that it's um like you can swap the gender and pronouns and body type of like mm. any of the characters to be anything, which is really mm. cool. So I had a non-binary character named Mulligus Gluster. Uh the Ooh, wow. the names are are also randomly generated and they're incredible. <laughs> yeah, I had a, a one of my like legacy heroes in this game. I think this game came out last year, but like I fairly so. early on. Yeah, I know you guys talked about it on Into the Aether, but I unfortunately haven't gotten to listen to it because I was like, I want to play it first. Yeah, of course. Um I th- I can't remember her exact name, but it was something like Sally Mud, and she was <laughs> unstoppable. She was this like old redhead with a giant broadsword who just oh. like refuse to die and what's fun too i think what this game does so well is that it it treats 
failed roles as like storytelling opportunities. So mm-hmm. like, you know, sometimes like it's a pretty on higher difficulties, it can be a pretty brutal game. Yeah. But I found that on like normal, like I always rolled if I lost somebody or if someone became a statue or if someone like, <laughs> you know, uh, half my team became werewolves at one point. Like, oh, I just I loved love, that's what I was going to talk yeah. about, actually. Oh, um, yeah, I'm sorry. Can, go ahead. No, finish yeah. your thing. Finish your thought. No, no. But I was going to say, I feel like as influential as D&D has been for all RPGs, I feel like there are only have been a handful that have really emulated what I like about like a tabletop experience Mm. and this game and like elements of early Bioware stuff come come close but I think this game really does embrace like this is a story that exists in the present and is rolling with the punches like there's Mm. no preconceived notion of who these characters are like it does just enough to give you rich details but you're also kind of projecting as the player like okay who is Sally Mudd you know like (laughs) exactly she's so so anyway I want to hear more of your thoughts about it because it's a great game yeah. I, I just the the thing that I want to talk about is my child Mulligus Gluster uh, <laughs> because Mulligus at some point had a like meeting that the, the game gave me a random event that was like a meeting with a mysterious crow woman and the mysterious crow woman gave Mulligus like crow arms and wings and stuff. <laughs> And I was like, sick, I've got like a cool bird person now that rules. Um, And then later in the game, I had another event with Mulligus that was like, you are also a wolf in your heart. And I was like, yes, absolutely I am. And, And so then I was just a wolf bird. I had a wolf oh head, yes. and I had and a bird, bird legs and a bird tail and bird wings and... Uh, like a wolf arm that I could claw people with. Oh my god. Mulligus sounds like the coolest cryptid. Mulligus clusters. (laughs) And I've like used Mulligus. So so one of the other things you can do is at the end of a campaign, basically, um, like at the end of a story, you can say, I'm saving these characters and these characters could show up in another game and Uh. I could recruit them and like start their journey over again. Um, so I just like every time I had the chance to to bring Mulligus into the game, I was like, "I do Mulligus, come on, come on, buddy." Yeah. <laughs> it's Mulligus Gluster's big adventures. Mulligus the... Gluster's big adventure. Yeah. The, wow. The, the thing that's really fun is that you could also end up with like a crow fire person or like oh a God. rock and and lightning person because it's like there's these events that can transform parts of your body into like these different elemental kind of uh ganasi-ish almost mm. like for for the D heads out there <laughs> um, uh like kind of elemental stuff or the bird the crow one or the wolf one there's one that I think is more rare, but it's like you can be a kind of a sylvan creature, like a little woodland creature. And there's one where like you're possessed by a ghost and you look all spooky. Like, and it's, it's, <laughs> But you can mix and match, basically, if you get a bunch of these different events that give you what they call themes. I think that's what it's called. And so you can have all these different pieces in the different themes and it's very good. That rules. That rules. That does sound very cool. I like that they start your party as like sort of generic people that picked up farming equipment to fight (laughs) off monsters. Because I feel like there's a lot of value in creating a character. Like I feel like a lot of RPGs where you have control over either the characters or the player character you're playing as, you might sort of 
like D&D, write up like, okay, here's who this character is in my mind. Here's mm-hmm. what they look like. Here's what they're good at. I, I like that that this game basically forces you to discover who they are in the story. Yes. Like you can only really plan so much before. Like you can choose, like, okay, they're they're like a bookish coward or like right, you know, yeah. a, hot, a hothead loner, which that was <laughs> Sally Mudd. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> I believe that I believe that Mulligus is a lonely greed wagon. <laughs> What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. That's the one word in the in the game that I'm like, I'm really unsure what this means. Like a very greedy person. Greed wagon. Greed wagon. That's a great insult. Yeah. It's like you're greedy and you're also on the run, I guess. Like the way- <laughs> wow. yeah, that's so funny. Greedy and you have places to be. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. Wow. Yeah. I haven't played Wilder Myth, but every single time I hear somebody talk about it, I'm like, oh, I'm going to pick this yeah. up. And then I just never do. I'm pretty sure I have it on my Mac. Yep. Here mm. I'm looking at the uh, icon on my desktop right now. I just never opened it up, yeah. which is the thing I love to do with games. Uh-huh. Buy them and not it's, play them. It's very fun. And it's one of those things. There's also a whole mechanic where your character get older over the course of the campaign yes yeah and then also they can like fall in love and have children and then there's the legacy part of that which my brain will Mm -hmm. have there's another thing i've been playing that i'll talk about why i can't stop playing it (laughs) and it's because my brain loves to say well what would the kids look like (laughs) i get i think it's my character design brain like from an artist standpoint i'm like if this character and this character had a child and and like the game smells Mashed their assets together. What is the what is it going to be? And mm-hmm. it's and it gives me serotonin. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think if there were any other really exceptional characters. I did have a character whose name generated as just Mud with two D's. Just oh mud. yeah, okay. that Sally Mud. Yeah, yeah. it's probably the same mm-hmm. seed. The sa- yeah, the same yeah. the same seed, but it was just Mud. It was a mononym. That's powerful. And yeah. Really, really powerful. Uh, he was like very wise, but very weak, and he just kept like <laughs> losing limbs. <laughs> Houston. Name's Mud. Can't throw a punch. So everybody else is getting lightning arms and bird yeah. arms, and Mud has no arms. No arms. Mud, yeah. mud has a hook for a hand and oh like my gosh. a kind peg of leg. Oh wow! What's fun is if you do sometimes if your characters do lose limbs in an event like usually it's it's instead of dying in a fight if they run out of hp something will happen like they'll be maimed and that's them losing a limb or Mm -hmm. like an eye or something sure or uh, stuff like that but but then you can have this other element which is those missing limbs could possibly be replaced with one of these weird magic limbs at some point oh that's really cool yeah. Wow. You also get unique abilities for whatever happens. To, so it's not always a negative, which is right. Cool. Yeah, um, absolutely. Like Sally Mudd, I forgot she did lose an eye trying to take someone out and was replaced with this magical gem. Yes, oh, like, I also occasion- had a gem eye <laughs> <I> one. <won. laughs> she occasionally would like get visions and be pissed about it, which yes. is so funny. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. like, I don't think she was wise enough to interpret the vision. She's like, something weird's gonna happen <laughs> yeah. tomorrow. Let me, let me go outside. Yeah. On top of the uh, like sort of main quest of any particular campaign there's a couple of ones that are like stories that were very specifically written and then there's Mm. ones where you can do like a a generated one that has written story beats that kind of mix and match um but each character also has three hooks and the hooks can manifest 
as a as like a randomly generated personal quest. And mm-hmm. if you go on the personal side quest, something like special will happen to the character and they get a free level up, um, which is really fun. And it's there's just a lot of great ones. Um, there's one where like your character will be like, I haven't been feeling well. I think that I need to like go into the forest and talk to the bugs that are in my blood. And I'm like, what? I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> wow. It's a lot to unpack there. It's a lot, lot to, to unpack. Yeah. And that one I, usually happens to like my very meathead characters. <laughs> and I'm like, what's what's going on? <laughs> you describe this game when you first started talking about it as kind of storybook ish. And yeah. like it's uh, this sounds like I'm just or like all the things that can happen just sound like a story you would tell your kid. And it's like, what do you think happens next? Uh-huh, and the kid's absolutely. just like, they get a magic eye or like yeah. they turn into a bird. And like, yeah, sure. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, like, absolutely. It's, it's really, really good. I really love that. Yeah. It really uh, emulates me as a child sitting yeah. in like my council of stuffed animals doing <laughs> my full role play where yeah. each of my stuffed animals had a very specific personality and yeah. every day it would be like an episodic thing where I would come back and be like, here's mm-hmm. what's happening in the animal town today. <laughs> Scout, that's so cute. I did that, but with, uh, with street sharks, but I took their <laughs> fins I took their fins out and I pretended they were aliens instead because I thought that oh, was cool. Uh, very, uh, a lot of ingen- ingenuity there. I feel oh, like man. I was like a, a benign version of Sid from Toy Story <laughs> where he would like, put the toys oh, together. God. There you yeah. go. Scout, you alluded to it earlier, but I'm really curious to hear about your uh, <laughs> this, 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 this game with the breeding. I, yeah. I want to know all about <laughs> oh, Don't this. say that. Don't say it like that. I tried to think then of a better way, but I, I, I really Fire like Emblem it. Awakening is a great time. Uh, I love Fire Emblem Awakening. You can't get me because we were talking earlier about like writing down notes and how games in the past might have expected you to write down notes. Meanwhile, I was just over here like three years ago going, okay, here is my like family tree plan for Fire Emblem Awakening. Like, this, is the, this character's going to go with this one and they're going to have this child and this child is going to inherit these abilities oh my god and it's like a, yeah. on pe- a piece of paper in my house Incredible. you gotta get you gotta get gale force and all you the kids gotta get you know? gale force i did a run i did a run steven i did a run where my my personal goal was to get as many characters with gale force as possible oh my god yes. and that included like taking making uh like a female robin and making her go through uh the dark flyer class even though that wasn't really what i was doing with her otherwise and and yeah. just like getting all these characters being like you're on a horse you're on a horse you're on a horse you're on a horse everybody on a fucking horse holy horse shit. girls horse girls there are a lot of horse girls in fire emblem yeah there are a lot of horse girls in fire emblem it's true Oh my god. Um so so the other thing that I've been playing, um a mistake that I made this fall <laughs> A mistake that I made this fall was that I uh once again returned to my long-standing quest to read all of the Warrior Cats books. Mm. For those who don't know, the Warrior Cats books are middle grade fiction about feral cats that live in like a a tribal kind of community in the woods in like rural England. And uh, there's, you know, cat society and all this stuff going on. It's very funny because it starts out and it's like, yeah, it's just about cats in the woods. And now I'm a couple of, I'm like six, 
series in and now it's like there's uh there's cat hell um and all the cats <laughs> I, I legit was not sure it, when you were joking about cat hell in our little chat the other day whether it was actually a thing or if everyone was no, just it's real it's with actually me. a thing it's yeah. real it's real it's called wow. the place of no stars or the dark forest and it those is, are great names yeah really good yeah. really good names and so every villain in the series go uh like with it like at the fourth series wait i have to stop i said i wasn't going to talk about this never mind i said i wasn't going to talk this much about it i was in i was all in i was, I was like okay Kyle, let's go place in those stars let's do it yeah the place the place in those stars all of the villains that have died previously end up in cat hell the place of no stars and then like start invading the dreams of living cats and training them to be like bloodthirsty and then find a way to like pierce the veil and come back into the living world to try and take over the forest hate when that happens this really i hate when that happens <laughs> How many cat warrior cats books are there? Because it seems like an absolute fuck ton. And did Andrew Lloyd Webber ghostwrite these? Was this supposed to be cats too? <laughs> oh man! Don't, don't make me think about my bullshit that I think about in my head, which is which warrior cats are and aren't jellical. Mm. <laughs> it's a natural um, question. There's yeah. something like if you read if you read all of them, which includes like manga like american they call it manga but it's done by an american guy who's really doing his best uh, all the cats have like human human looking faces and i'm slightly unsettled by it but like more power to that guy um so there's those and there's like standalones that are like this is the story of this particular cat and then each of the series is six books long there's like 88 of them there's like 88 wow. warrior cats wow. books Absolutely incredible. And they're fast reads, but uh, not that fast. (laughs) (laughs) And there's there's multiple Aaron Hunters, right? Aaron Hunter is the author. So Aaron Hunter is the name of the author, but... uh, but it's actually a pseudonym for like a collective of air of people who all go. So, so there's a non-zero chance that Android Weber is amongst. <laughs> this. There we go. There's a non-zero chance. Have you ever seen Andrew Lloyd Weber <sighs> and Aaron Hunter in the same room? <laughs> anyway, so, so the game yeah, that you're playing. There's a so video the game, game, right? Yeah. So there's there's still a, this is this is a series that I was into as a child, like big time, yeah. um, like the books. And I'm not alone. There's a lot of other uh, young adults out there that grew up reading the Warrior Cats books and have like a weird visceral part of our brain that won't stop thinking about it ever. And some mm. of those people have figured out how to make video games. <laughs> apparently the the video game cat tales which is actually like on uh switch and stuff started as a warriors fan game and then got like the edges sanded off the they took off the serial number and released it as an original thing wow. uh, i really want to play that at some point but uh this that i've been playing is called warriors clan gen um and i believe that it started as just like a thing that one person made that was just sort of a text game, text base. And then another fan came in and made a bunch of sprites and sort of made it uh, 
a little bit more like gamified in that you had stuff to look at. And I had seen this on TikTok uh, because I've I've slowly been invading Warrior Cats TikTok. Um, <laughs> I saw this and I was like, oh, this looks fun. You know, it's and it's just like a little thing. And and I'm embarrassed to say I will just sit there for hours. I will sit there for hours and there's not that much going on. It's 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 slightly more engaging than like cookie clicker. Uh, (laughs) Okay. In that, in that it like, it's like your cats, these are your cats. And, and then, you know, once a, once every like cycle of the game, they can all go on patrol and (laughs) like random events can happen. And it's just a little text like above the, above the cat's Mm -hmm. sprite. And like little random events can can happen. I will just click. I will just keep sending my cats on patrol and be like, skip, skip a month and then go and all my cats are on patrol. And I'm like, skip a month. And <laughs> and they so the thing that that ties all of this in is that there is within the books. This is also a huge thing of like the cats get together. The cats, you know, there's cat marriage. Um, the cats have kittens. It's a big thing. Sure. A lot of times the kittens of like the main characters from a previous series of six books will then be the characters in the next series, which oh, I think wow. like explains a lot about me as a person um, <laughs> and about how I'm currently playing two characters in D&D games that are the children of my previous yeah. characters. <laughs> But the so so the pairing off of cats and the having of kittens is an element in this game. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that the sprites are really cute and like really pretty. The color palette is super nice. Uh, and there's all these different coat color variations. Like there's Siamese cats and there's like tabby cats and spotted tabby cats and they can have saddles, uh, like saddles of color and all this stuff. Oh my God. They can do all, they all look so different and unique and they just makes me really happy. <laughs> so I'll just keep clicking until I have the kids and then there's yeah. the kittens and I'm like, okay, oh well God. now I got to keep clicking through and make time pass so that they're old enough to become apprentices. And then after they're apprentices, <laughs> then they'll become warriors. And so it's like, I have to watch oh. them grow up from the little tiny Sprite mm. to the medium sized Sprite and then to the big Sprite. So I can see their colors and, and, right. and it just keeps going. It just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said no. I wasn't going to talk very long about this. <laughs> I'm looking at the Sprites and they have this like early internet pixel art style that reminds mm. me of like dolls generators and that kind of stuff <laughs> from like the early yes. and it, it is uh it's awakening something within me i also played a lot of i don't know if anybody remembers but um ubisoft had these games uh like pc games that were like dogs with a g with or with a z oh i had and, cats with the yeah, z yeah and- <laughs> Not, perhaps not surprising. <laughs> and like it, part of it was like you they would like pair up and have like puppies or kittens and you get to see what they would look like. And that was I'm I'm dangerously close to downloading this game is, is what I'm trying to say. The one I had was like a Bonzi buddy scenario where there would just be like a cat on your desktop that you oh, could like. Oh, yeah. This was like I'd kill that for was that. like 
like 96 maybe yeah, like really yeah. young uh but that that was my i i imagine there were later cats entries where there was like more of a game but mm-hmm. that was just sort of like a almost like clippy it was just sort of like a little <laughs> friend on yeah. your desktop i think um, a kid that my sister was babysitting and i was with her because i was also very young uh and i think this kid had this game on his computer and i think i somehow changed the color of the cat <laughs> and oh. he was not happy about it (laughs) i think i turned it from like a white cat to like a black cat or something and he was like i can't believe you did this i (laughs) I felt so bad (laughs) it was really really funny um oh i'm now looking at these yeah uh, yeah i've sent some screenshots look how pretty like look how pretty this little (gasps) cat sprite is ash poppy the names are just incredible the names are oh, so these good. Are great. So yeah. the way the way that oh, Warrior wow. Cats names work is there's a a prefix and a suffix, and it's usually like two nature related words. The big joke is that smokeweed is a completely <laughs> thing that you could name a warrior cat, and it works within Beautiful. the canon. Wow. Jesus Christ! Beach, is this what? Beach stripe is really good. I'm sorry to keep bringing up D and D again, but is this did this directly inspire Tabaxi naming conventions? Because <laughs> Tabaxi names so. are like this literally, too. literally. In the books, there's a whole, there's like another tribe of cats that's separate from the clans and they live in the mountains and there's like some weird like indigenous uh, like vibes Mm. going on with that that's not good. But Mm. the thing is that their names are literally tabaxi names. Yeah. Like instead of (laughs) being, instead of being like cedar puddle or whatever, they're like brook where small fish swim and Mm. crag where eagles nest and stuff. And I'm like, that's just a tabaxi name. Yeah. Yeah. So either it was a direct inspiration or they were both being separately and very uncomfortably inspired by native american (laughs) uh i do just want to point out here while there are names like ash poppy and marsh eyes there's also luigi frost luigi Um, frost okay so this is my this is one of my favorite things about the game is that there's sometimes house cats can decide to join the clan. Oh, um, so they come and they live in the forest with you. And they'll have just like normal house cat names. But sometimes they keep the normal house cat name and then just add a, su- a suffix to it, which is why I have so many. I have a cat. This is so named- funny. What is it, Luigi Blossom? Luigi Frost. Luigi Frost. Yeah, wow. that's really good. I love Luigi Frost. Yeah. Um, wow, Scout. Thank you so much for talking about this game. I fear that I could, we could get lost talking about this game for the next <laughs> several know, hours. I'm so, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. It's not your fault. It is uh, absolutely fascinating. Stephen, what uh, have you been playing this week? I'm just going to go for it. Uh, yeah. I've been playing God of War Ragnarok. Which, <laughs> hell yeah, whoa, hell yeah. This, this whole time I've been trying to think of a segue. <laughs> it's like, man, I'm just picturing like Kratos with little cat ears and that's all I got. Yeah, uh, you know, the, the cats Kat-os. go through, Kat-os. you know, they have children and the children have to like take up the mantle yeah. just there like Kratos and his son. Honestly, I do think there's a lot of narrative power in showing characters over the course of time. Mm-hmm. Like, like I do think as much as we've been joking about it, like seeing the characters in, in Wildermyth start as like farmers and, you know, every, uh, everyday normal people and then become these like chosen heroes. is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and seeing like the new generation of characters and even in like with, with God of war, you know, we, 
it's the same actors from last time. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of it's kind of cool to see Atreus like now as a teenager and like, right. the actor has also grown up and like, hmm. it's hard not to be a little moved by that. But um, sure. anyway, so I'm like probably farther than I think I am. It's a hard to put down game. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm like still in the opening act, I would say. And I actually only recently played God of War 2018. Um, so I guess for those who listened to Into the Aether, you probably know that like I played it when it came out and liked it a lot, but just sort of got pulled in a different direction. So mm. I played like the first two hours and then kind of moved on. And I'll also be honest here on a synchronous <laughs> on synchronous. There is a part of me that everyone, I think everyone has this part of them. There's, there's an inner 19 year old who rejects anything that becomes too popular. Yes. So I feel like there was a part of me that just kind of didn't care because I had had so many people yelling at me to play it that I was like, okay, cool. I'm never going to play this. Like, <laughs> like, I've, I've broken through that, especially doing a show where we play so many things, but yeah, like, yeah. I think sometimes it can have the opposite effect. And, and I'm, I've also been on the other side where I'm like, I know someone telling you, you should watch this or you should read this or you should play. This is maybe one of the grossest exchanges humans can have, <laughs> but I know you will like, like I know you well enough to know that you will like this. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I had a lot of people do that with God of War. And then we finally played it uh, this year, like only a few months ago. And I loved it. I think like I kind of have two thoughts about overall, like like even outside of God of War itself, like this sort of post Last of Us brand of like Sony big first party <laughs> PlayStation Studios games. Like yeah. I love a lot of them. Like I loved Uncharted 4. I loved The Last of Us. I I really love Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank feels a little bit like out of the mold you know it's not quite doing the same thing but um it is like as much as i enjoy all the games like i do think it can kind of be a little bit of a bummer to like see like a very established formula for all of them like i don't know why this has become like the auteur staple of playstation studios but like (laughs) every game has a that way is blocked i guess we find another way around (laughs) maybe we move that box it's like why is this in every game yeah yeah, like what it's like the word like i i get it like it, I feel like that was like a meme when The Last of Us came out because so much of that game is like moving ladders around. Push a trash can, yeah. But I think it, what what those moments do is, and actually there's a great uh, comment about this from Tim Rogers on his Last of Us video, but I agree with his point where like those those moments are there to like give you a break from the like more dire and, and draining moments and allow for character development, which is mm-hmm. great, but like... It doesn't have to be in every game in the same mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And so, but I, I felt God of War 2018 broke the mold a little bit where like, you can definitely see like, okay, this is sort of part Uncharted, part Last of Us, part God of War, which, you know, prior to this generation, God of War was like one of the biggest PlayStation like yeah. flagship series. Uh, so it definitely, on one hand, I feel like if you were just to see the game on paper, it kind of feels, I think I said this on, on the bonus, but it feels a little bit lab made where it's mm. like, let's take the best bits of every one of our hits <laughs> and give it to you. Right, um, right. But I really loved God of War 2018. I, I felt like it, it, to me, while I have all these like uh, snobby 19 year old things to say about mainstream formulas, <laughs> it really did feel like, okay, like there's a taking a step back from all of that there's a huge place for like the blockbuster in all media like mm-hmm. I, I think as much as i like 
finding smaller titles that are doing more interesting things or providing mm-hmm. more intimate experiences. Like I also love the spectacle of like a big sure. budget game. My only worry is like, I don't want that to be in place of the other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a bigger conversation I think with film these days than games, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, so God of War, I was like, this is not only like just really fun and great spectacle, but I, I was really moved by that game's story and felt like it was saying something interesting. And also like taking another step back and being like, you know, not that I'm this, not that I'm like a connoisseur of games, but like most people get one or two games a year. And like, mm. if this is the one game you're playing, you're going to get a pretty good representation of like what games are doing on like a mechanical and narrative level right you know like so i i really admire god of war for what it is and i think it's like a great example of like kind of a gold standard for blockbusters Mm -hmm. um so i also felt like pretty excited for the sequel i wasn't like dying for it but without spoiling the way the first game ends it kind of directly sets up like it, it definitely comes to a cathartic conclusion mm-hmm. but like y- you want to know what happens next like it's <laughs> it's and this game very much is like i would not recommend this game if you haven't played the first one not that sure. like you won't you can pick up the pieces of like not that many things happened <laughs> like yeah. norse myths there's only like five things that happened but mm-hmm. you know the way it happens and stuff so like you can you can there's also a recap in the game but i just don't think you'll really enjoy it if you don't already have an an attachment to these characters because the game like kicks off pretty immediately like it doesn't really waste your time like it it gets going very quickly um but what i also really appreciate is that i think one thing i remember talking with brendan about this is that like so much of the first game is basically a character study of kratos and like Mm. taking this guy who was once like the mountain dew poster (laughs) boy of like toxic gaming culture of the early 2000s and like making him a sad introspective dad and like (laughs) somehow that working like i feel like there was an opportunity for the new god of war to kind of just forget about all that and like do a new thing but i think the fact that like they're like no all that's canon kratos did all those things and now he kind of has to sit with it and Mm -hmm. like see if redemption is possible really really cool and and they really did succeed in telling that story but i was worried it was going to be more of that and it's like we right. already kind of like we came to a nice conclusion with that and thankfully ragnarok like kratos is basically a different person and it's really cool Ooh. to see like okay they've really digested the development that both happened in that game and also happened in the years between then and now because there's obviously i mean it's been four years in real life and there's also like a similar time jump in the game itself so I'm really enjoying the characterization and also the game is much less concerned about Kratos and more about the world. And there's more of an mm. ensemble cast as well. So like there's a lot more like fantasy, like one of the one of the first places you go is Svartalfheim, which is the realm of the dwarves. Mm. And it's like a very rift in kind of coastal city. And you go into a tavern and there's a guy with a pet octopus named Dinner. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Oh my God. yes. Yeah. Uh, so, like, it's having way more fun with the Norse of it all, which I really mm. appreciate. Um, and it's, I think it's a really good sequel so far in the sense that it's, like, going after new ideas. It's a continuation of the myth, but the the vibe and the focus is very different. Mm. Um, but the one thing that's kind of bumming me out is, like, I feel a little bit more of that, like, sort of plastic smell of a corporate mold on the game where like uh my dude mamir and atreus will not let me solve a puzzle like 30 (laughs) seconds will go by and they'll be like brother have you considered freezing the current and going left 
is apparently, and I know this just because I randomly saw it on Twitter, there's a yeah. setting where you can change it so they they will give you a little more time to solve the puzzle before they it, yeah, it's like i i appreciate like uncharted did something similar but in uncharted it would be like 10 minutes mm-hmm. yeah and then sully would be like dude what are you doing are you <laughs> uh, but like i i just like i i appreciate that the option is there but it, like it's really patronizing and it also mm. like i i find that that is a symptom of a larger issue with the game where i feel like both the script and some of the design doesn't trust the player to put two and two together. And like, I, they're definitely trying to make it as approachable as possible, which is great. And there's incredible Sony has really done a lot of progress with accessibility options across the board. Like the minute you start the game, there's like an audio cue and visual cue of like how to set it up. So like Mm. really cool. Um, but this is, I think different where it's like, you can have all those accessibility options, but also not have the game like, kind of patronize the player in a sense where like you're basically telling me the solution to a puzzle which has one solution <laughs> right so i'm not even playing anymore right. and there's constantly ui about like all the things you can do and all the moves you're unlocking and what exactly it's doing and as much as i'm enjoying the story a lot of the dialogue will be like so the undercurrent of this scene thematically is this, right? Like, just out loud. It's like something I really loved about the first game was so much of it was visual and like it was very clear. It was very direct storytelling. But like mm-hmm. the opening of that game, there's like maybe a handful of lines of dialogue. It's mostly like Kratos and the silhouette of him entering the house. And like mm-hmm. there's so much implied visually in those shots. And in this game, like there is still that. But in in a lot of the like to and fro scenes, it will be like just sort of speaking the intention of the scene out loud, which to mm-hmm. me is like it's nitpicky, but it, it stands out when everything else is done so well. So right. all that to say, I think if you love the first one, this game is awesome. Like I'm having a lot of fun with it and it plays mm-hmm. excellently. Like it, they added a thing where now you can buy different shields. So like without saying too much in the first game, Kratos has three combat options largely and in this game it's similar but now you have a little bit more agency over what shield you're using and what it does so Mm. like i have this shield that can absorb hits and then like blow them back Mm. which is really cool so it's awesome like it's it's a great time and i'm enjoying it for what it is but i'm i'm a little bit bothered by some of the like more on the nose stuff with the puzzle solutions and the thematic intentions Sure. And that's like that's more of an issue of just like games like these in general. I would I would yeah. say unless Horizon has a similar moments. issue. Yes. Where uh, I, would be like, I was going to say, what yeah. if what if the end of the game was this? Yeah. 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 Uh, that's that's great. That, I think that's a really great uh, encapsulation of of everything about this game that I have been searching for and not really finding because like I've been seeing articles around and like. I'm purposefully not really reading them. I'm just like kind of skimming, mostly just reading the headline and being like, cool, people like this game. So I was really glad to hear you kind of have uh, uh, some criticisms about it uh, because I really, really loved God of War 2018 for a lot of the reasons you were saying. A lot of the, the character stuff with Kratos, I think, is awesome. I think making all the, you know, the original series like canon events that have happened that are things that Kratos now has to like live with and process uh, in the presence of like also now being a single dad um i think all that stuff rules and i i i was uh i was glad to hear you say that that the story of this game is like kratos is kind of a different person now and is not just we're not just doing He's, the first one again yeah he he becomes there's a lot of articles about this um because i think some of the early side quests 
really showcase that Kratos is like a very different character in this mm. in a believable way. But like yeah. he often will be advising other characters in a way that's like very mature. And like mm. this game is more interested in kind of putting the supporting cast through their own kind of right. identity crisis. And, and you know, because all these characters are like gods that have made terrible mistakes mm. hundreds of years ago that are now reckoning with it. So I yeah. think having Kratos be like, okay, like here's a guy who's done that and could potentially help other people do the same thing. Um, there's also just like, you know, moments that make you go like cool out loud, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. you fight Thor really early on and, and a giant bolt of lightning freezes. So there's like this oh. giant frozen lightning and uh, the way they've interpreted Thor and Odin is especially fun. Cause like, uh, Brendan said this when we were talking about it, but Odin is basically like a Sopranos character. Yes. Like he's the kind of like a mob boss energy where he comes into oh, your man. house and he's like, you know who I am. And he sits down <laughs> and like starts talking. So uh. it's like, if you like the first one, I think you'll have a great time with this. I just think yeah. like, I think it's, I think this is very much a sequel problem where like it's, you know, it's doing a lot more, but mm-hmm. I think because of that, it's a little messier in some of the execution. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's all I got. I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to play it. Uh, Th- thanks for <laughs> <laughs> i'll say like, too the music yeah. like the music in the first one was great but mm-hmm. the uh the battle music in svartalfheim is very like witcher 3 like hurdy-gurdy and like string oh. instruments oh i love me a hurdy-gurdy yeah it's a good hurdy-gurdy yeah that's great uh wonderful Kim. Oh yeah. What have you, you, you been playing? Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. So <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I have another game to talk about. Um, so I yeah. one thing I have been playing that's uh not on the list, but uh I've been playing. I was a teenage exo colonist. Um, oh yeah, and I love that game. Yeah, we're gonna. Uh, I don't want to say too much about it because we're spoiler is going to talk about it with another guest on a future uh, synchronous <laughs> episode. But um, yeah. I've really been enjoying it so far. Um, Stephen, mm. you talked about it recently on Into the Aether and really like captured a lot of my initial thoughts about it, which is that oh, it's I'm just glad. yeah, it's just really different than than it appears in a good way. Um, it yeah. it seems like it's going to be sort of like a wholesome games style visual novel and in many ways it is that and in many ways it's uh, a lot more than that just in terms of um i mean the the there's like the mechanics are basically like card a card game is is kind of the mm. um yeah the main way that you you interact with the world but um and that's like fine i'm i'm you know yeah they had to gamify something because exactly. otherwise it would just be like it would be all dialogue i think it, it serves its purpose um right but it's not like why you're playing it basically. right yeah. um but like story-wise this game is like it's remarkable at, it yeah. is and at times it is like <laughs> harrowing and like oh. e- just the number of emotional gut punches I have gotten just like out of nowhere, you're just sort of like going about your your time with the game. And then all of a sudden they will throw something at you that is just like so powerful. It captures um, childhood especially well, too, because mm-hmm. like so, uh, not to spoil too much, but like 
in my playthrough at least something really tragic happened kind of out of nowhere and like mm -hmm. kind of for no reason it was just sort of this tragic moment and i i suspect i i know exactly yeah. what you're talking about the yeah. way uh the way the protagonist narrates they're like that's not supposed to happen which i mm -hmm. feel like especially <laughs> as like i feel like my first response to any like tremendously bad news or grief is disbelief but especially mm -hmm. when you're a kid when you're when there's this implicit trust that like everyone you can see is okay and you're invincible right. yeah. you know like to have that kind of shattered in the opening like half hour of the game and also like simultaneously capture moments of joy it's mm -hmm. really it's so well done i i can't recommend that game enough um, it is it's i'm glad it's you're enjoying really it great yeah so yeah i'm excited to play more of that um but the the other game that i was gonna talk about a bit before we move on to our main main dish yeah um is <laughs> a little to the left um yes. this little puzzler that uh that where was it first shown it was it oh um, uh, was that the recent uh indie direct mm -hmm. uh, like the other day yeah but it was shown it was shown was it last year i think um yeah uh, i think it was i think it was still an intent i think it was another indie direct um got it i think because i remember seeing the 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 dev couple right talk in in the style that they just right recently i'm trying did. to think but was it it might have been that or it might have been jeff Keeley's. uh it could have been yeah, uh, yeah. Jeff <laughs> game, Jeff game corner. yeah i don't know um but but yeah it's it's just this cute little puzzle game about organizing um yeah. which like the irony is not lost on me as i sit here playing this game about organizing while my apartment is disaster um but <laughs> but it's uh there is just something about it i aj your partner tara um yeah. streamed it the other day <laughs> and there was a particular puzzle that she said oh this one's gonna touch my clams what yeah i don't know what that, that was, was it, yeah it was just like a meaningless but, yes. but it captures exactly how i feel about this game which is that yeah. oh when it at so, certain puzzles just really are so satisfying in a mm -hmm. way that is like beyond description um <laughs> and so that that has been a real joy i think that's my one criticism is that some of the puzzles are like a little too obscure what the solutions are sometimes it's kind of like you know just like arrange this tableau in a way that is symmetrical and it's like the things don't necessarily fit together all that well. And so you're kind of just mm. guessing. Um, but there is a hint system, which sort of um, sands off. Mamir and Atreus will. Yeah. <laughs> Brother, the, the to the left. <laughs> nice. The, the hint system is really interesting because it's like this scribbled out mm -hmm. piece of paper that you can like erase areas of. So like you're in control of how much you're revealing, yeah. which I think is really interesting. It's, it's a um, really cool way to do it um mm -hmm. the first time i think you you do it it's like what is this and you'll just like erase the whole thing without the realizing thing, it's like, oh it's the answer yeah <laughs> the entire yeah. answer but once you yeah. um understand how that works it is really nice to be able to control how much you see and how much you get um but yeah i i've really been enjoying it um my favorite part is the sound design that it's really good the little like clicks and sounds mm -hmm. of things as you um manipulate them is so satisfying um yeah it is just exactly as as lovely as it seemed in in all of the promotional material so i highly yeah, re highly recommend 
it's such a charming little game. And I think there's like five chapters and each chapter has like six or seven puzzles or something. Um, but then there's also a daily something like they call it something daily tidy called, or something like that. daily tidy or something. Yeah. So every day there is a new daily puzzle to do. Um, Those are hard. Are like very. Yeah, they're 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 pretty. They're they're a lot. Sometimes. Did you do one with the clock the other day? No, there was one with a clock that I just I could not get. <laughs> interesting yeah. um but tara had one a couple of days ago when she was playing it on stream that was like the the daily tidy was like uh just there were there were pairs of keys that were just like strewn about and then there was like a single key with like prongs on both sides and then like a, a key that you would use to like wind a toy or a clock or whatever um and the key was that you had to make everything symmetrical so it was like a red car key over here a red car key over here and whatever but like looking at it it was just like i'm looking at 20 mm -hmm. keys and i have no idea <laughs> what this is um but like and but some of them were just like oh there's a jar there's like five different jars and they all have a, a little bit they have different amounts in them i wonder how you arrange them uh so it's like they, they, it goes Wait, no from, you from... can't use that one as an example because tara and the chat spent like 30 <laughs> minutes on that <laughs> that's, one. that's a different one because there are there are there are other ones that are like you know this one slopes down a little bit and if you put the other jar next to it that has less in it that one slopes up a little bit and then you go to the yeah they all connect and make like a little design but then there are ones like the one that scout is alluding to is like here's just a bunch of like kitchen like things you would find in a fridge figure it out and it's like there's like no guidance at all it's wild yeah. um, i was convinced i was convinced that they all had to be like stacked on top of each other i also you thought could, that, yeah. you could overlay them i was like mayo in front of milk it's got to be mayo in front of milk that has to be the key yeah. i there but. are apparently some puzzles can be solved multiple ways multiple ways and yeah. so it's possible for that one there is another solution but um i'll have to see i'll have to yeah. like look it up and see if i have any vindication yeah. yeah but uh but it is it, it is such a just like a cute little game that it's just like delightful to be in that little world for a little bit i've been having a lot of fun doing the daily puzzles um like i'll sit down at my computer and start like you know downloading audio or whatever for for my work day and i will just like do the daily puzzle mm -hmm. and then if i do it too quick and my stuff is still downloading i'll do a not words or something but <laughs> um it is it's honestly it's got me back into not words because i put it down after a while because like i was streaming it for a bit and making videos for a bit and then i was like well if i'm not doing that then i'm just not gonna play it but well, there was that whole phase where wordle meant that it opened the floodgates to like daily puzzles and then at some point the like appeal of having one little bite-sized daily puzzle that you did every day was eroded yeah. by the fact that you had 10 little bite-sized daily puzzles right. to do every day. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now my yeah. whole life is just little bite-sized puzzles i can't be doing the wordle and the doer yeah. and the wordle and, and the octurtle i can't mm -hmm. be doing all of them yeah i'm, I'm now just doing errands <laughs> It's yeah. actually just a grocery list now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 My favorite um, puzzle game is Walgreens. I just go there and <laughs> I pick stuff up. I go to Walgreens and I rearrange all of the medication oh my size and <laughs> Holy <God>. shit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's it's a great little game. It's on Switch, it's on PC. Um I think that's all for now. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a really great pc game have you been playing it on switch kim or uh no on pc actually because i just yeah. felt like it, it the like nature of it i just felt like it would be easier to point and click even that's though what, i, yeah, I never I play too. games on on my computer but it was just yeah. like this seems like the it, best way to play this one and i've been there, there happy are some with it. games 
yeah, there are yeah. definitely some games that's like, oh, this is this is a mouse situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah, uh, totally... Daggerfall on the Steam Deck would not recommend. Oh my god, <laughs> Elder Scrolls Two on. Yeah. on uh... <laughs> oh, I will say I did uh, briefly play Elder Scrolls Two Daggerfall because it's free on Steam. Oh if you didn't know that, oh. and I made an Argonian named. I tried to name him Lester, but it didn't work, so his name was List with a Y. Ooh. Uh, some of the keys didn't work. Uh, and you could either choose your class or you could take like a sort of personality test to see what they'll end up as. Holy and shit. he he was a monk. Like he was still a punch guy after I organically. I just wanted to put that out there. I know this is meant yeah. for like eight people, including you all. But I wanted to share I'm that. I'm one of the eight today. people. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yes. Okay, the Lester fan club is here. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> If there's ten fans of Lester, I am one of them. If there's five fans of Lester, I'm one of them. If there's one fan of Lester, it's me. It's me. Uh, but it does it does kind of have like a solitaire kind of mind sweeper energy. Like this feels like a game that would come on your computer. You know, yeah. like it's just mm-hmm. it's just kind of got that kind of vibe to it and it really not like that's a positive for me yeah. i'm not trying to say that yeah, it's like yeah, derogatory yeah. um it's, you, it's really nice and i'm having a great time pc game derogatory <laughs> yeah. aj you expertly moved on from my daggerfall <laughs> bucket of water that was incredible i just got a flashback to like all of middle school where teachers just had to learn to do that if i was in there oh my god that was no, great no that's just it's just my college radio days of like hey we we only have this yeah. is admiration this is great <laughs> thank you as uh, a, as as local seer of patterns I definitely feel like I want to pick mm. up a uh, little to the left I'll have a, yeah. I'll have a great time like with it I really liked uh, watching Tara play it yeah yeah it looks cool yeah it sounds yeah. cool and too. I think it's it's like fifteen bucks so you know I mean it's not nothing but it's like it's it's cheap but. Yeah. Shall we go to Walgreens for some salt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I literally get to do the transitions. I just had to jump oh, in with that one. No, really, it was good. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Really, really good transition. Yeah. Goose the doll. Goose the doll. Ever now. Well, that's got to be in the episode. (laughs) We're in it now. Hello, welcome back. We are welcome, welcome, welcome. (laughs) I'm not a host of this. Sorry. (laughs) You know what, Scout? Today you are. Oh, yeah. Thank you. We're all hosts today, Um, and today we are finishing off the episode talking about 2022's triangle strategy yeah dude uh on the nintendo switch i just to get right into it i am having a great time with this game i uh played the demo when it dropped last year which like drops you in like chapter six or something so you're like kind of the story has kind of started picking up and and, uh people have you know powers and stuff which i thought was a really great choice for it was yeah that demo but then it uh it it officially dropped this march i believe that sounds correct there was like a trio it was like horizon forbidden west elden ring and triangles all came out in the same like two weeks yes yeah it was that was a wild beginning of the year yeah Yeah. um Uh, so it kind of got lost in the shuffle for for me there. So I, I picked it up officially this week. I played through the prologue demo <laughs> this week and then bought it. Um, and I'm now like 21 hours in. I'm I'm approaching oh, wow. like the beginning of chapter eight. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm just having just like a really, really wonderful time. Uh, I think just like very 
broad story strokes. It's set in the world of Norzelia, which is divided into three. Uh, they're not kingdoms. There is a kingdom. They're not but they're houses also. either. <laughs> they're not houses either. Yes. So, but they do each have a vibe. Oh, yeah. They do yes. each have they a all vibe. They all have a vibe. So, so there is the the Grand Duchy of Esfrost, which is the vibe of that is very mining and very uh, cold and Black scary Eagles. and uh, Black Eagles. Yes, it's also a kingdom uh, that is that is. Uh, so there's also three ideologies. I think it's like <laughs> yes. uh, liberty. Uh, I, for, I forgot, but basically the whole thing with that kingdom is like you are established by your actions and not like your lineage mm-hmm. but it turns into yes. sort of like an ayn rand nightmare pretty quickly yes it's uh, like everything you do has to be for the good of yeah of esfrath it's very weird uh there's also uh on the opposite end of the spectrum the holy state of hyzant yeah which uh has a monopoly on salt um which believe it or not is like the thing in this game don't worry uh, about it don't worry about it. Salt. Yeah, there's a lot of salt talk. Uh, the the holy state of Hyzant is is ruled by the Hierophant and the saintly seven. Um, so there are there are seven ministers. I can't, that are I'm sorry, I seven. can't believe it wasn't the salty seven. Like it's right there. Yeah, <laughs> and they didn't do it. I might yeah. have said that before, they have but to I, be, I had to say it But again. it's like it's a it's it's like a religious oligarchy. They gotta go. Mm-hmm. With the I know, I know, thing. but it's, it's, they gotta go, they gotta get it a little, just a little bit Catholic. Yes, just yeah. a and little the, the bit Catholic. <laughs> The whole thing with the holy state of Hyzant is that it's like equality for everyone except the Rosalians. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. They equality are for our... everyone except for the race that we have specifically decided are are like evil and Less have than. sinned and, and yeah. must be must yeah. be slaves in order to to yeah. atone well, for their sins. It's so much. It's a lot, and they they all have pink hair. Their pink hair looks great. Pink hair does um, look great. <laughs> But it's just so fucked. Uh, and then, and so that's. Uh, I don't want to compare that to the the, the blue lions because that's not really what it is. No, um, it's not really. Uh, but that's not Fodlin. That's not Fodlin. No, it's not Fodlin. Uh, to me, that's not Fodlin. But then, and then there's the, <laughs> not my. Then Fodlin. there's the Starks, basically. Uh, that's yes. The, then there's the Starks, the kingdom of Gl- <laughs> the kingdom of Glenbrook, which is located directly in the middle of Esfrost and Hyzant, uh, which is ruled by a king, and it's just regular kind of monarchy stuff. And there's a bit, there's a bit of like honor. I feel like it's like, yes, one has honorable. iron, one has salt. And this is just like, we got vibes, you know, it's like, we're just like, <laughs> vibes, yeah. we're, we're just, just like out. nice. We're just yeah. like kind of decent folks. Yeah. Except for yeah. Benedict, but we'll get into him. Um, <laughs> don't get me started on Benedict. Don't get me started on Benny. <laughs> Salty um, but Benny. In, within uh, the kingdom of Glenbrook, which is split into houses. There are three main houses oh, kind of that are, m- make up the kingdom of Glenbrook. <laughs> uh, there is House Woolfort, uh, where you, who you are playing as basically, yeah. I guess it's like kind of the, the quote unquote protagonist of, of the story. Uh, Sarah Noah, uh, whose father is very sick. So he's basically in charge of House Woolfort for the time being. <sighs> and uh, we start off the game. These three kingdoms, the the kingdom, the holy state and the grand duchy have all come together to uh, start a mining venture in Norzelia uh, and everything is a OK. Everything's fine. And everything's that's, that's totally kinda, fine. And it's yeah. not a problem at all. It's not a problem. It's like there all. was a war. I, I played this back in March and for like five hours yes. and then never again. I've just been mm. trying to figure out my playtime on my switch. It was five <laughs> hours. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> so I'm really drawing on fumes here. But um, oh, wow. It, 
there was a war, but now yes. there's like this tenuous there was a, Yeah, there was a war in the past, and now there is sort of treaties in place mm-hmm. to supposedly keep keep a peace between these places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do some uh, mining together. Do some mining. Yes. Yeah, the whole thing is yeah. that there's the monopoly on salt, there's the monopoly on iron, mm-hmm. and do, does Glenbrook like have the water no. monopoly on himbos there's one house that, on that has wine but that's basically it one and that's like wine, yeah. that's like the coward house he's like i won't right. betray you oh that <laughs> yeah. guy yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i hate that guy yeah, I, yeah. my favorite thing about this game is like everything is forecasted in a way that i'm not sure is like purposeful or not but like yeah like the beginning everyone's like so glad we're not going to go to war this game it's like- <laughs> <laughs> and you can there's the, there's this great feature uh where when somebody's talking you can hit the x button and see a portrait of I them do love and it's that. like i love the illustrations the <laughs> artwork for the characters is the great. illustrations are really really good they're amazing yeah the illustrations are good but you always know which of them is going to be a villain you're like this is villain energy this this portrait exactly. this is a villain yes yeah, the wine guy is yeah. like Tenardier, like twirling his mustache. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the uh, Gustadolf, which is a great name from S. Frost. Yeah. Uh, who is just, just, Gustadolf. he is like the villain. He becomes the villain in the game. Um, Depend, it's, depending. It's but yeah, he, he kicks things off for sure. So yeah, uh, like I said, I'm like 20 hours in. I, I would say I'm probably still in the first third of the game. Uh, stuff has really kind of started to begin like uh, g- gathering momentum um but i'm i'm having such such a good time with this game it's it's kind of split into <laughs> triangles tri- split into three parts uh where it's like there's parts where they're telling you a whole bunch of story stuff there are parts where you're going around talking to all your people and kind of you know whoever else is in the scene to get ammo for the parts where you're going to talk to them uh and then there is the tactics part and that there i i'm a really big fan of all of it i'm having such such fun um i would say the part that i'm bumping up against the most is the tactics part because it's like really what hard. oh sorry <laughs> that <took> my breath. <laughs> <laughs> i was so prepared no. like not on yeah yeah i'm just like well, the ta- okay the tactics is what you're bumping up against cool no yeah no steven i'm really excited to have this conversation yeah. with you but uh <laughs> sorry the, the, that was very tactics. rude of me <laughs> no, 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 it was great. no it's, yeah. it's exactly it's perfect that's the perfect <laughs> yeah <laughs> um the tactics are good but they're like it's 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 i just have a really hard time i think uh uh like forecasting before the battle starts like who i need to have out and Mm -hmm. like what my strategy should be and especially like after you get past kind of where you are kim they start throwing more characters at you so now so many characters really fast Yeah. yeah i can i can deploy nine people but i have like 15 and i'm like what do i do with these people I was just at the point where people just started sort of showing up like, can I join the party? And And that um, keeps happening. Yeah. Well, it's (laughs) over. That's a little overwhelming, too, because it's just like, I'm like, who are you? I don't even I've been talking to all these Mm. other people for so long. And I feel like I know their shit. And now I got to the whole friend group dynamic is going to be off for a little bit. while I figure (laughs) out the fucking deal. The vibes are off. I I can see what you mean, uh, AJ and Kim, because I feel like the. The characters all play so uniquely, which is a good thing once mm-hmm. you know what tools you have. But I think mm-hmm. it kind of makes me appreciate what Three Houses did, where like everyone starts as a noble and a commoner. So like everyone yes. in that game kind of plays the same way, and then you can slowly start right. 
shaping them into what right, you want them to be. Whereas learn, this, yeah. yeah, this game, like every like Anna plays fundamentally differently to Eridor, mm-hmm. and you kind of just yes. have to learn that, and then you know, like, okay, like now I know what they can do. Yeah, I mean, so I I played this game when it came out. I also loved the demo, and it's worth noting that this game is, I think, a lot of the same team who worked on Octopath, which yes. to me yeah. is uh, like Square Enix has this team that essentially work on like spiritual callbacks to older Square games. So Octopath was very much like a homage to like Final Fantasy V, where it was like very gameplay focused story kind of came second and it was a lot about like mm. unlocking classes combat in that game was incredible uh story eh, but like the combat was great so i was really excited for triangle strategy because it seemed like i'm like there's so much going on in octopath that i really liked but it didn't all come together so mm-hmm. i i was i was exciting for triangle strategy which is very much a callback to final fantasy tactics and like other other older tactics games uh, mm-hmm. But specifically that first one, because it had a similar sort of like dark fantasy political tone, um, mm-hmm. which like is fine. I kind of like the brightness of Tactics Advance where it's like, it's summer, moogles, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. but this one where it's like, pray to your God if you have one is also kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, but um, so I played a lot. I, I think I'm, my save file is like 30 ish hours and I'm on chapter 13 so I played it a bunch when it came out. I haven't played it really since. I enjoyed my time with it, but at a certain point, I found the Elden Ring was out. So. Elden Ring was <laughs> yeah. I just got pulled away. But um, I will say, just kind of briefly summarize my thoughts. I think the tactics in this game, once you kind of know the tools you have, it's so well done. Like I think mechanically, yeah. there's really a heavy emphasis on crowd control and like placement. So I feel mm-hmm. like, yes. and, and this is probably what you were having trouble with, and it's fair because every battle puts you at a disadvantage. So you have to learn yes. like, okay, if I put like the blacksmith character here and build a ladder here, put traps and like freeze walls here to put like a chokehold on the enemy. Once you like know that, it's really thrilling because it feels like you've almost solved a little puzzle. I had my first battle this morning uh, at the end of chapter seven where I like felt like I had a grasp on what was going on and I felt like I was really in control. It was the first battle. I only lost one person in that battle, but every other battle I've done, I've ended off like desperately with like three people making yeah. it alive. Yeah. And I'm like shooting an arrow and then running across the map trying to get away from like <laughs> and I the, love the main I love up. how creative because like the core group you start with are all sort of like, okay, here's like the tank, yeah. the spy, but you eventually unlock characters that join based on your convictions. Uh, characters will show up uh, and like there's one character I really like who's a medic and her whole thing is she is a healer but she she doesn't like use magic she uses items instead so Mm. it's great because with the with the default mage or the default healer character she has really great spells but you have to use action points to use them whereas the medic she could you can use items every turn so Mm -hmm. her items are also more effective and longer range so like mm. you can throw like a recovery pellet into a crowd and she also has a great knife that does a good shit ton of damage. So like nice. I love the medic. She's great. Oh, um, I have not gotten I have not gotten her knife to do like anything yet. Uh, oh, really? She's yeah, she in my in my run. She's got a very weak knife. Mm. I don't use her that much, though. I've never been very good with like I had a similar problem with Riku in Final Fantasy 
10 where where yeah. like the characters who are very much based on using items the thing happens to me where i'm like but what mm-hmm. if i'm gonna need that item later yeah. and so then <laughs> yeah. i don't utilize them i you just unearthed a memory of me using an owl bed potion in the lady unalesca fight and i'm like wow i haven't thought of that in a long time uh <laughs> But uh, so I, I like the the creative approach. I love the blacksmith too, who can make like ladders and yeah. And, I just got yeah, him. Yeah, he's, he's is awesome. good. He's a good boy. So all that's great, and I also really like this game's approach to role playing because unlike mm-hmm. Mass Effect, where we'll always broadcast what the Paragon or Renegade mm-hmm. choices in this game, there are three like sort of principles, but you don't you can't see which one you gravitate towards, and whenever you like win battles a certain way or say certain things in a scene the game keeps a hidden tally of which of the three convictions you're best at and that will also influence like which characters ask to join your team and also like how effective you are at convincing other people oh that's so cool it's it's brilliant i think that's that's like an Mm -hmm. incredible thing that i haven't Mm -hmm. seen a lot of games do and that's also a big part of the voting scenes where Another thing this game does that I love is that basically throughout the course of the game, there are these big major Mass Effect decisions to make where there's like no good decision. Like it's mm-hmm. usually like, OK, you the, the best moments in the game, you can kind of see both sides and like neither mm-hmm. is really a great choice. But what's mm-hmm. brilliant is that you don't you as Sarah Noah can't choose you basically yeah. see like, OK, which of my party members are voting a certain way and and you can try to sway some of them and essentially whatever gets the most votes is what you have to do which i think is really cool because i've now had one or two times where like the thing i wanted to do didn't happen and i just had Mm -hmm. to sort of accept that and roll with it and you can also see in the menu there's like a big flow chart of like branches in the story so you can see like you could have gone in a different direction later so like all of that i don't think i've noticed that all of that is like brilliant and and is so well done. The thing that holds this game back for me is like I was mes- messaging all of you and 45 yeah. and while playing this game I was messaging all of you. 45 minutes had passed and I still hadn't played it. It's like the way this <laughs> game is structured, it's cutscene, back to map. Cutscene, back to map. Optional cutscene, character story, new cutscene back to map <laughs> voting scene or exploration phase which the exploration phases can take a hike personally because it's just you <laughs> walking around a level talking to everyone and trying to find mm-hmm. esoteric things to progress the yeah. plot. and it's like in those cases when something bad happens because i didn't talk to one person before the other it feels right. like the game is cheating me whereas like the scales of conviction it's like okay i wasn't able to do that i will i will accept that loss Mm-hmm. And like I enjoy the story, I enjoy the melodrama. It's fun. Uh, it's it's campy, but like it is it is much more gripping than Octopath. So like it's definitely a step in the right direction. But like mm. there is so much, and like at a certain point, I just had to start. Like in those forty five minutes, I skipped two cutscenes, and I still didn't get to a story <laughs> battle. I had to go to the camp and do a mock battle just to remind myself of what the game used to feel like. <laughs> And so yeah. like, the 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 mm-hmm. ratio, the triangle ratio here sure. is really lopsided because like it's like I, an sure. isosceles triangle. Yeah. Instead of- <laughs> and it's like I I am someone who like loves narrative games. Like a lot of my favorite games are heavy, like in terms of the storytelling. But like you gotta 
give us the thing you made. You know, at a certain point, I'm not here to watch the salt drama. I want to play the actual game. So like but the that salt really is so important. Yeah. Salt is way very important. So that also not to like be a naysayer here, but that really no, did yeah. lessen my enthusiasm for it. But I still think like all the things that are good about it are great. And I really want a sequel. Cause like, Square has kind of just dropped the FF Tactics line, which is such a shame because those games are awesome. So I hope that we see more like this. But yeah, man, mm-hmm. the, the cutscenes after a while, like you're giving me optional cutscenes. I'm going to skip them because I just sat through a half hour, <laughs> a half hour, yeah. a half hour of I hope this doesn't happen. And then it happened. Like, <laughs> come on, come on. Yeah, we but uh, right before you joined the call, Stephen, we were all kind of talking about this, um, like this exact aspect of the game. And like I was saying how much I'm enjoying it. And I think and it, even the like really, really long portions of like this morning, I opened the game and then just watched 30 minutes of cutscenes. And I, I think this is a symptom of me like being very deep into uh, I do another podcast called 10 Very Big Books. I'm very deep into this 10 book fantasy series that is like incredibly dense and I'm getting a lot of the same like Malazan vibes uh, <laughs> from those cutscenes of like we're just hopping around across North uh, across Norzalia to be like, hey, what is this person doing? Like, what are they up to? Yeah. What are they thinking? Like, what's going on? And I'm like all in for it. And so I think like my brain is just like broke in that way. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, from, it's, I'm glad you're Malazan. But there, there is a fantasy fan who, and you know, I'm I'm very happy that people enjoy the quantity of cutscenes here. <laughs> I am not one of them. Uh, and I and I thought yeah. the thing is like I usually would be, but like. Sure. I just I just think it could have been paced better. I just think like it, sure. we there, are, had, there are yeah. definitely pacing pacing issues. I, yeah. I kind of the when I started thinking of it as like again three three games uh mm-hmm. almost. It like it is a tactics game and it also has this kind of ace attorney vibe. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. also it's like a visual novel where you just like there is there's like a book there that you're reading and then sometimes you also get to interact with the with the world and i started to like get over that hump a little bit more but it's not definitely not for everybody that's for sure Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i I think another thing and we've talked a little bit about this in our in our chat this week is the like voice acting in this game Uh, is like kim what did you hate it (laughs) (laughs) yeah you love it or hate it uh I was you, you had said something earlier this week that it's like community theater adjacent yes, or something. I think y- so. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Stephen who earlier a few minutes ago said, used the word melodrama like it. it mm-hmm. Everything in this game is so melodramatic and like mm-hmm. could be extremely like dour. And I think the thing that elevates it for me is that the English voice acting is frankly bad like it's just not very good Um, everyone is either like like the the moment i switched and the japanese voice cast for the record is is wonderful i've I've been enjoying it uh but (laughs) but uh the game begins and like everyone's like oh my god it's sarah it's like bell being the beast everyone's like whispering about the main character and then they show up (laughs) and he's like hello i'm sarah noah it's like like, the delivery of all everyone's either like a little hungover or like i can't believe you did the thing you didn't want to happen you know it's that's your two, like trying too options. hard or trying yeah. not hard enough. What do you mean? Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. I, I find that it adds to this feeling of it being campy. Like I said, it feels like like a like you're watching a play. And I think mm-hmm. it really like not a particularly well done play. But it, <laughs> it, I don't know. For some reason, for me, it, that is like part of the fun of the experience. Um, yeah, I get it. I mean, I love Oblivion for the same reason. So I, I definitely mm-hmm. get it. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I don't know. I feel like it, it helps keep the tone for me from being like, Oh, geez, Louise, this is so heavy. It's dealing with some heavy it's, stuff. Yeah. A lot of really heavy stuff. Um, and I just, uh, like you mentioned earlier, the, the illustrations are incredible. The character oh, yeah. art is amazing. I love the characters. I have filled in so many blanks about them. Um, <laughs> like with Sarah Noah, I was like, oh, it, like his voice acting makes a whole lot of sense if you just decide that he's very stupid. Um, <laughs> just like a little bit slow. Uh, it really, it really helps um, and, and feels like a character choice. Um, and I just love like the the inciting sort of action of this game is he's getting married in an arranged marriage mm -hmm. um and just like the dynamic of like these two people being like so we're like going to get married but we don't know each other that well and we're, like them starting their relationship is just like fantastic to me mm -hmm. um so all of that stuff is kind of my favorite part of the game yeah. and it's all in my head <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you though, Kim, on like the dynamic between Sarah Noah, Sarah Noah and mm -hmm. and Frederica. That like charms me so much. Yeah. Um, I also it's think like the heart I've, of the game. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I have done a similar thing in my characterization of Sarah Noah to you, but with my particular bent when it comes to boys, which is that uh, he's like a pathetic little meow meow. Um, sure. he'd like he doesn't really know what to do and he's really yeah. stressed about it all the time mm -hmm. and yeah. and I like to think about him just like trying to get through the day and mm -hmm. being like this all sucks this all sucks so much I don't know what I'm doing I don't want to be here I don't want yeah. to be here <laughs> yeah let me um, go I think it was Steven <laughs> who said in our chat that um, this is a this whole game is an allegory for why you should always listen to your beautiful wife and oh, yes. I, yeah. I just <laughs> love that yeah, some, of, some of the later decisions it'll be like the enemy wants us to rename House Wolfort to Clown Island and we all have to dress up as clowns <laughs> and, and honk instead of talk or we can make a brave last stand those are our choices <laughs> And Benedict immediately, like, putting on the nose is like, my lord, there's no other choice. And Federico's like, yo, we have, we always have a choice. We, we shouldn't be yeah. Clown Island, Sarah Noah. No, we have no choice. Honk, honk. Um, like, eventually. Really, I feel yeah. like this is, this, this is like, you could, you could make a, a very clear line to the the united states political scene and like the mm. way that benedict <laughs> acts in this game we have benedict no choice do nothing yeah. dem benedict, yeah. benedict uh, is so often wrong that i started to worry he was a spy from the enemy i'm like are you here to sabotage true. he has the worst opinions oh yeah sometimes it's like you got there but like i don't know why you went from that angle he recently yeah. added a third option that was like just a bad idea it was like here's a great choice and then here's like again like clown island act two it's like why why are we always Wasn't doing it, this there's one oh that's like God. okay we have the we have like the difficult but morally correct choice we yes. have the slightly easier but less like Ambi noble ambiguous. choice yeah. and then we have like blow everything up yes and that's Benedict. <laughs> like, like, that one that one that Benny, one <laughs> benedict my guy 
Sometimes it feels like the game was written backwards where they really wanted you to make certain decisions, but like the justification of how we even got there or like who's advocating for what doesn't really add up. Like Benedict is supposed to be like, I feel like Roland, Benedict and Frederica are kind of the three like mm-hmm. poles. Yeah, of, they're of, the pillars. Yeah. They they kind of uh, represent all of the different like right. the three stances that, yeah. that and, people tend to take. Like, and Anna's like, I'll do whatever you want. Yeah. Anna, <laughs> Anna, yeah. Anna rules. Anna can I love, I love Anna. Anna. Anna is so often like, I don't know what to do. So I'm going to if you convince me, then I'm convinced. But you gotta <laughs> you you gotta get my vote. She's the Ohio governor that somehow like a major law falls on and you had to convince like, you to do this thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's exactly. the she's the swing vote. She's yeah, the exactly. swing voter. Yes. Yeah. Um, God. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a great... I, I didn't mean to be too negative before. It, it's just frustrating because I feel like there's so much I really love about this game that, like, you know, would easily make it one of my favorites of the year. But, like, I can't ignore mm. the stuff that kind of gets in the way for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the stuff yeah. That, that gets to you. Yeah. yeah. It's it's definitely not a perfect game by any means, I don't think. But it's it. I'm having a great time playing it, and I, I probably am going to finish it before the end of the year, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, keep us posted. I want to hear... Because you've already went on a different path. Yeah. Yeah. I just I, I actually went while while we were talking, I went back and checked my my war chronicle because I didn't know that it would show you like when you branched a path. Mm-hmm. Um, so going back and seeing like what my choices like changed was actually really cool. Um, so I'm, I'm curious how many like different versions of the like how far off the main path you can get. Yeah, there's a I'm lot. Also I'm really, really curious. curious about that. Because there's like there are often like big decisions and then there are sometimes decisions within that or like. Yeah, like even in battles, sometimes there are choices you can make. Like one one of the early big moments of this is like you're defending a place and there is a combat option that you can take in the middle of battle that will make it easier. But again, it's kind of morally mm. ambiguous. Um, I kept doing it by accident because I put spring traps <laughs> that would like bounce someone into it. And they're like, we got <laughs> no. Benedict is like, we got no choice. I I don't know. We got to do it. It's like, no. So the you hardest part of that, for those traps. Yeah. Benedict is like drooling over the gray choice. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a great Benedict time. Benedict is horny to be the devil's advocate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh Benedict God. is a reply guy. That's that's the one. Benedict, Benedict <laughs> is the reply guy. It's true. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, it's really it's a great is. it's a great time. I also I yeah. I really hope this is the beginning of like I, I would love to see even outside of Square too. Like there there's such a place for this style of tactics game that we don't really get outside mm-hmm. of like Fire Emblem. Yeah. That I would love to see more people put their own style on. Yeah. yeah. There's there's stuff like you know we're getting we're getting the remake of. Oh, what is it called? Advanced um, Wars. The uh, boot camp. yeah, we're getting yeah. the Advanced Wars. So I feel like there's sort of a resurgence of a, a growing interest. Uh, we also had Into the Breach a couple of years back, oh, which I yeah. also I just played that for the first time this year. That's really oh, fun. So but it got good. it got to rules. a point where I was like, I don't like how hard this is anymore. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> it's pretty. Yeah, grim. It's pretty unforgiving. Yeah, but it's that's an yeah. awesome game. It's really it's really good. But I, I do feel like there's sort of a a tactics like revolution <laughs> happening and I'm very excited about it. Yeah. Line up for some salt, you know? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Line up for the salt. I do want to say Line one more thing salt. about Benedict. Uh, <laughs> let's hear it. Let's 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 roast him. I'm gonna I mean later I'm gonna roast him. Right now, one of the uh this is another personal characterization that I think adds a extra adds some extra depth to like his whole thing. Sure. 
and it's that he's in love with the king. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Oh, I see, love these that. are the kind of headcanons that I had developed. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's in love I, with Sarah Noah's dad and oh. and like that's the whole that's a whole thing. I think that he <laughs> and the king and the queen were a polycule. That's my personal read. Whoa. I love that. That makes so much sense. And I feel like if this was actually a play, <laughs> Benedict should have like eight monologues when everyone else has left the stage and he does his like yes. kind, oh of, uh, yeah. kind of Iago style. Like they, think, <laughs> they yes. think I'm on their side, but no. Right. No. <laughs> the gray choice. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, I don't know if you've incepted me or if I actually may have had a similar take because there is a scene early on where Benedict and the king are talking and there's like a vibe right listen there's there's whole erotic subtext there, there is maybe I it's thought, the english voice actors just yeah. like doing their thing but yeah. there's a definite listen i also thought roland was in love with sarah noah and was like not happy about mm-hmm. the the frederica i, that. I yeah. think that that's also a valid yeah. read the thing the thing is maybe this is just like my broken brain but but like you pledge you pledge your life and your sword to a mm-hmm. man it's mm-hmm. just a, the relationship changes yeah <laughs> i think mm-hmm. you're totally right i i had a draft tweet um <laughs> that i never sent but that i oh, wrote wow. back in march when i was playing is it said i have all these different head cannons for um for triangle strategy that just boiled down to everyone is gay. Everyone's gay. Um, <laughs> and I, I still feel like those are valid. I remember feeling like Frederica and Gila might have had a thing. Like, mm. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Really yeah. Good. I wish there were paired endings. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, it's a shit. <laughs> Epi- paired epilogues are always like the icing on the cake for any tactics game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fire Emblem knows what they're yeah. doing. To me, the paired ending is the cake. Um, <laughs> the icing is the salt. Yeah, it's me. Salty, salty icing. The salty seven. Uh, biting into a piece of cake and they put salt instead of sugar into the Christ. icing is a horrific. Uh, I've seen like, Paul thing. Hollywood do that. Three times. <laughs> That's right. Point. Somebody yeah. did do that on Paul, on, on Paul like, Hollywood. Somebody like, did that on Bake Off once. Yeah. What, he, twice, he, I you think. don't eat that one. He's like, he just points like number three. Don't eat that one. It's <laughs> trash. Oh my God. Yeah. Don't eat oh. that one, Prue. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, so that's a uh, triangle, <laughs> triangle strategy. I'm just saying it also could have been called the scales of conviction. That feels like appropriate. Yeah, really that probably would have been, been a better truly, name. I just cannot believe that they were like the working title is Project Triangle Strategy, and we were yeah. like, okay, that's a great working title. That's great. Yeah. I can't wait to hear what the actual name of the game is. And then they were like, <laughs> here it is, Triangle Strategy, and I'm like, you, but it's not a. It was, does not is not a name. No, it was <laughs> such a, a bad it's name. A- it was such a bad name that I remember seeing people for like a week after it was announced calling it Project Triangle because yeah. Yeah. Like, surely because it's Project not called Triangle, Triangle Strategy. Sounds better than Triangle Strategy. <laughs> it actually does. Yeah, so I've just funny. started calling it Triangles. I just took out the. Tri- yeah. Me too. I've also, also just started think, calling it Triangles. I think that also works better too. <laughs> I, yeah, I think that's a triangle. better title. Yeah. Oh my god. <sighs> Anyway, yeah. uh, Well, Scout and Stephen, thank you so, so much for coming on the show today. It was an absolute delight to have you. Been a blast. I had a lot of fun. It's been so fun. I didn't get, I did not get to say all of my things about slavery uh, in (laughs) in this game. 
but uh, I don't really have any. I don't have that much more to say. Um, <laughs> but I had a wonderful time. Thank you for letting me talk nonsense at you for like four hours. Uh, that's all the show is really. Yeah, it's just talking nonsense. So pretty much. Um, uh, uh, Stephen, where can folks find you and your work? on the internet that's a good question that i no longer have a confident answer <laughs> yeah for. actually um, but yeah. uh currently i i still have my twitter activated and i probably will for the foreseeable future unless like it completely i mean we'll see one yeah. day at a time uh but at Stephen hilger <laughs> it's at Stephen hilger there and then on instagram and tumblr which i haven't really used a ton but i'm eyeing as as things change uh it's Stephen hilger underscore art and also um into the cast.online is our hub for everything for into the aether which is a show that you and yeah. i work on together yeah um, a low-key video game podcast also on the worst garbage yes uh, yes exactly so that's where you can find me great and uh scout how about you um you can find me still on twitter uh for now at humble goat and you can also find me on Tumblr at Humble Goat and Humble Goat Art. I have I have a personal blog and an art blog there. Wow. You can find me on Instagram at Humble Sketches. You can buy me a, a coffee if you'd like. Uh, coffee dot let's k o dash f i dot com co dot co. I think the link is in the show notes. The we, link we, is in the link is in the show notes. If you if you heard me talk a little bit about Warrior Cats and are like you know. <laughs> I just would really love more of that. You could send me money and say, please talk about warrior cats and maybe one day it will become a podcast. <laughs> warrior cats. Ooh, that's a, that's I, I have it on good authority warrior that cats. that podcast has been like a twinkle in Scout's eye for a long time. <laughs> a podcast has been pitched. That and like a Columbo watch through podcast are my mm. two white whales mm-hmm. as far as like creative endeavors. As <laughs> someone who didn't know about Warrior Cats at all until today, I would absolutely listen because even having no yeah. context, it's a wild journey to discover it. So I think you're on it's, the same. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very fun to just hear about. Um, mm. <laughs> I think that's all of my social media handles. Beautiful. Wonderful. Also, Scout has done the art for this very show uh so if you're looking at the podcast art that's some of scout's handiwork scout thank you so much for that yeah wow we get to thank you personally we get to thank you in person you're welcome (laughs) yeah uh i I loved uh, doing it yeah (laughs) uh and i think we only came to you with the pitch of uh i don't even remember what our pitch was uh it it was uh can we do something with the concept of time i believe is how (laughs) (laughs) that was it and then uh and then we ended up here uh so thank you so much for that scout really that was was a great uh, that was a great call that we had the cover of a sequence (laughs) i'll take this opportunity to also thank scout for our artwork as well um and i think i think all we gave you was space so I feel like you were given <laughs> between the two of us, you were space, given time and time. space. And, yeah, wow, space and time. Oh, I'm a, oh, I did, I did Pokemon. Yeah, your team. My two, Galactic. my two yeah. podcast. Yeah, Pokemon, Pokemon Space and Pokemon Time uh, is my is my work on the uh, on the worst garbage network of podcasts. Love that. Beautiful. <laughs> you can find me wherever and whenever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you as well to Amaranthan for uh, making the wonderful music in the show. Uh, you can find his work in the links below. Uh, the show f- is still on Twitter at AsyncPod. Uh, 
but we are also now on Tumblr. Yeah. Oh, oh hell yeah. I will finish setting that up before this <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it looks set up. It's, we don't have a single post up. yet. Yeah, but, we just have to figure yeah. out what our first post is going to be. <laughs> We're really agonizing over it, honestly. We sure are. But that is that is asyncpod.tumblr.com. Can the first post just be something that will only make sense once people have listened to this episode? <laughs> That's an idea. That is an idea. That's fun. Uh, sorry, I was just now thinking of like a picture of Benedict, but with the word Luigi Frost. <laughs> Done. Um, <laughs> consider it made. <laughs> so that, that's where you can find the show. I am on Twitter uh, for the time being at AJ Falleri. I'm also on Tumblr at not AJ Falleri. Uh, oh, uh, and I am on Twitter and Tumblr at Okimmy's. We'll see how long the Twitter lasts. Um, yeah, we'll see. It's a, a shit show currently. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, Kim, do we have any final words? today on the show um yeah just uh don't go to cat hell don't go to cat hell the place in those stars don't go to the place in those stars see you next week everybody bye bye no stars no salt no iron Garbage. The online.